<laughs> so the uh, final question, suitably the $64,000 question, what is letting go? And how does one completely let go? And why do we generally not do this? Right. You can see letting go is the expression or a colloquial expression of the third noble truth. <coughs> discarding, <coughs> relinquishment, complete uh, freedom without strings attached, analeo, dispassionate. So it's uh, the stopping or the resting from suffering, stress. So it's not about letting go of your job, your family, your identity. It's about letting go of suffering. And of course, this may may mean, in fact, one does one's alignment does shift in relationship to to uh, you know, one's body, one's roles, one's relationships, one's functions, and this is all well and good, but the real letting go is letting go of dukkha, or the origin generating dukkha. <coughs> Suffering, stress, pressure. Uh, so to be very just a brief point is that uh, one doesn't let go. Letting go is something that happens. You don't do letting go. It kind of it happens through seeing through uh, experiences that seem so dense and uh, uh, like you know, alive, like tentacles of an octopus. It seems so alive and and entangling. You know? And and there I am in it, caught in it, in its clutches, uh, you know, struggling with that confusion of my mind, the, the unresolved things in my life. That sense of uh, seems so solid, and you struggle to how can I get out of this grip? How can I? And then we sometimes feel helpless because when that grip is coming from, you know body, body's sick or kinds of weird things happening to it or coming from your financial position or something like that or your job or your family, I'm stuck with this can't get out of it oh well (laughs) you know, get a sense sense of resignation oh well, never mind, you know, maybe I'll get a retreat once once a year and have a little break from it that's as good as you can do. And then, so, and then you come and think, I am a, only a lay person, this is all you can do. So, you know, you really get really solid in that. Solidify your identity as being someone who is this and can never get free and has to put up with it and so forth. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, well, 
yeah, just let you know um, this is not a lay person's experience it's a human experience I experience the same thing um, you know I get really solid in my suffering because that's exactly what suffering is suffering is a sense of getting really so- <laughs> solid identified with one's functions body mind states uh, you know, internal stuff I'm stuck with the same old problem I had for years God never going to get rid of this uh, whatever you know so we really identify with that and get and that's how it builds up so this is again why do we do this well again we don't really do it it's what it's a reflex that happens so we're dealing very much with not conscious decisions though we may have made conscious decisions based upon those reflexes and uh, but so the, the, the you know the reflex to for attachment for for bondage is there and the reflex for letting go can be initiated you can't really do it but you can you can set up the causes and conditions that will initiate that but what will not initiate it is the sense of self the sense that I am this I should be that how do I get free of this this will not initiate release it will just initiate further and more complicated forms of bondage so this actually is the relinquishment relinquishment of the sense of self as as an experience obviously we still use that term i am this i am that but the real sense of it you know of of feeling woven in feeling clearly activated and compounded and constructed you know so i think who am i and all his sense of this mass of history and occupations and good points and bad points it's all you know it's a compounded mass and it's got life and potential in it you know that you know it's the it's the energy of that and the compounding of that and the further compounding of that that we can be relinquished if we relinquish that or is there is a seeing through that as not one's identity not one's core but but karma residues you might say that can come alive if we hold them with the wrong intention with confusion intention with the wrong kind of attention so that sense of the sense of you know this how do I get myself sorted out how do I become something else how do I get through this this although it's understandable and is, is a reasonable enough way to can think it's not actually the way to proceed it's a good enough sense of yeah I want to get free okay how that actually is going to happen is through seeing this experience as it is without compounding some self out of it without making this into I am There's these feelings and energies and mood states voices you know that you can push a button this voice will start ringing <laughs> through your mind about you're never this and you're always that and you can't do this you're never going to be that you know push a little button and it starts chirping away so we can see all this both the, if you like the residues and those those 
button-pushed responses to them, which bring the whole thing alive. We come towards the end of retreat, and probably you can pretty pretty easily reach one of those buttons, you know, going home and... It's kind of a seizure, you know. <laughs> of it all. Wow, you know, just the perception of that can push that button, can't it? And sometimes say, well, or even how far did you get in your practice? How far, what did you... What did you achieve in your practice? Oh, another button gets pushed. Oh, I didn't do this. I couldn't get there. You know, goes again, doesn't it? Did you get enlightened? Oh, how good your meditation? Oh, buttons. Oh, I'm sorry. I really can't try the best I can. You know, you know as soon as a sense of of uh, like an identity, and there's certain things that we can get strong identity with our performance. You know, so we can, how well you do perform in meditation performance button stuff comes up of well you know and then the performances that we must do a job career living and so forth another set of performances oh dear you know not only not doing well enough but the feeling perhaps of some overwhelm coming over us so a sense of self comes up with the can come up with a sense of performance achievement with a sense of uh, belonging you know home things like that which you know could of course be very pleasant sense of self oh going back to lovely little place in the woods and so forth or it could be an rather unpleasant sense oh so many things to do because I took this time off a week off, and I've got all kinds of things I have to sort out when I get back. So that immediately, so position, belonging, and performance, these things can push our our self buttons, and the whole sense of self sort of flushes in, isn't it? Let's notice how conditioned it is. Well, sometimes it's so strongly conditioned that we don't we don't think it's conditioned. It seems to be true because it's there so often. The button is one finger is always leaning on that button, <laughs> so the signal keeps firing. And then maybe sometimes, you know, in a day you go outside, suddenly you know, you see the fish in the pond, or you see the sunrise. Oh, look at that! Oh, you know, <laughs> and suddenly the whole. The whole kind of density of your life just poof is gone for a moment because you weren't leaning on your button. You know, you're just open to an experience. These are things that happen spontaneously, don't they? You know, you're walking around and suddenly something catches your eye where there's no feeling of you own it, you belong to it, you've got to do something about it. You just, ah, and then because you're not leaning on that button. The sense of self doesn't ar- arise with that as a kind of a fresh openness. And this is the experience that people sometimes just stumble into, have a, some uh, experience of something like a, uh, an opening beyond their apparent self. 
Well, how did that? See, so I'll go back and look at that fish again. <laughs> and it doesn't happen, of course. <laughs> it's just some fish swimming around the pond, so what? <laughs> you try and get it to do it. <laughs> and then the sense of self comes back again. Trying to get into that nice experience I just had. Do it again. <laughs> and of course, a similar thing can happen in meditation. You know, how did I do that? I had that really good one yesterday. How did I do it? Get back to that. We're leaning on the button again. So the, the sense of self comes up with that in its various forms. As I say, it's not, you know, it's more a particular set of energies that happen to us, a set of bonding, connect, holding, planning, you know, trying to hold on to it, uh, trying to measure ourselves, make something of ourselves, prepare ourselves for the future. It's a time sense and a density to it. And there are moments when it disappears. Oh, that is so wonderful, you know. Wow. And nothing has really changed in one way, but just you, you, you weren't leaning on that button. So this is the, the, the cessation, resting from that. So you don't exactly do it, but uh, you, know, you can set up the causes, conditions that uh, operate on two main levels. One is to, to first of all, ref- you know, find ways which you can come off of that, that pushing that button. Yeah. So we might say, okay, let's go to somewhere we, where we don't belong to it. We come to a, a monastery, a Dharma sense, where I don't have to worry about the state of the paintwork or whether the roof is fixed or whether to get the heating engineers in or you know, what to do about the garden or da 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 whereas if you live here, you do <laughs> so you think, wow, it must be so nice living here there's nothing, nothing to worry about until you live here, then you're thinking about the roof and the plasters and the, and the gas and the oil runs out and da 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 sewage system, so forth but when you go to another place, it's a kind of little break, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So that's the strategy. Yeah, and coming out of one's box. Helps when you go to another place, but you can't always do that. So maybe you have a place in your own home where it's a special place, a sacred place. Entering the sacred. Or take special time. This definitely helps. You set up those conditions. Clearly, it helps when you you have this firm sense of being able to switch off, you know, restraint, switch off for half an hour, recognizing, you know, that that life in a way is is endless and unresolved. So don't wait till you get to the end of it before you take a break. switching it off something changing gear like changing your body energy also helps while we do maybe some stretching or some deliberate very strong focusing on the body that definitely helps to come out of the busyness of the mind it's simple and the more that we can use that to deepen into the the uh, energy of the breathing 
the more we can find a place which is not, um, you know, so caught up in time and place. It's there all the time. Going back to that. Now, it can be readily acknowledged that, yes, we, but then doesn't that become something that one wants to hold on to? And indeed, it does. It can be. One would say this is a better kind of holding on than holding on to the rest of it. Um, Buddha himself said that all kinds of sublime spaces that can open out of that experience he said, very, very refined, sublime state. And he said, if you want to hang on to anything, this is the best thing to hang on to, is this. And I would suggest also that really, you know, you can't, or it's, well, try it out. But unless you've got some sense of something that gives you stability, it's difficult to experience letting go, because letting go is like, almost like a, a oh, no, holding on is almost like a reflex panic. And you have to have something that calms you in order to come out of that reflex. So this is letting go as a, as a samatha practice, as a calming practice, as a finding your stability, finding your ground. And uh, I think we've been with that for you know, through this retreat as a theme. Mm. Very helpful. So without that, there isn't that, in, that basic sense of introducing well-being, introducing an innerness, introducing an unviolated, where you're not being intruded upon, where you are in your own space. And that's one of the, one of the experiences of the sacred, is it's inviolate, it's not violated. And sometimes you can feel really just like a, you know, like a street that thousands of people have walked down. You know, you feel just so run over by everything that's going on, stuff running through you. To have your place, which is no, this is this is not a place that that uh, things just rush through willy nilly. And you firm restraint, and this is certain one of the main themes in in meditation is to establish that patiently and steadily. And within that, there can be uh, a shift, a letting go in terms of one's compulsiveness and themes. Insight is the, is the more complete relinquishment, insight practice. And there are stages of that, viveka, which is the ability just to, to sort of disengage from the topics of our minds, just to be able to see them, step back from them, not be flustered or flummoxed by them. You know, you know, you're worrying. You know, it's like, and you're able to. Oh, how is worry? How does that feel in your body? Yeah. Can you breathe in? That? Can you? Generally, most um, afflictions that I experience experience is a kind of contraction, tightening up, and then generally there's a movement into an emotional state or or thinking. You know, how I am gets gets busy. And in thinking, yeah, what to do about this. So there's a contraction, and so you know we, we need to 
acknowledge that feeling tightening up and it being activated. And whatever the topic is, the f- my suggestion is, is first of all, you, you, know, you get the topic about what you've got to do or you can't do. And then, mm, just try to feel the energy that, that arouses in your system. Obviously, there are topics that you deliberately refrain from thinking about, but there are a lot of topics we do have to give or we feel we have to give attention to. And so this is learning in your life, like about your job, your family, your future. Ooh. Just first of all, go to the energy of feeling activated by it. And try to shift your attention from the topic or from dealing with the topic or from further going into the topic, from creating more around the topic to just the energy of being activated, however that is. You know, it can be like a feeling of pressure pushing you down or blowing out or, you know, rising up. How and then try to sense that in your your body, in the bodily sense of that. And if we can sense it there, shifting more to that and trying to just place less emphasis on the topic, and breathing in and breathing out through that arousal, that that stirred, that excited or state. Steadying, slowing your breathing, steadying it, holding it quite carefully to meet the energy of being activated. And not doing anything about the topic or the emotion, just working on the energy. Now I find... um, you know, senses of depression. And so if I get a sense of depression, which I don't, I used to get more and I don't get it so much now, uh, partly I think because I've discovered something or worked something out. But always the sense of depression, despair, overwhelm is a feeling of helplessness. Can't do anything about this. Sink, you know. Uh, and then a, a very bleak landscape opens up. Alone, helpless, can't do anything. Stuck here forever. You know, can't even really understand or explain it. Mm. So you, the whole story can ar- arise around that. And, you know, one could figure what, try to figure out why or whatever. And um, so what I de- developed or worked on was was actually feeling that sense and before the stories start or as quick as I can just going to to the breathing within that because the body is still breathing and it's generally gone kind of shallow the overwhelmed state your breathing goes shallow you know the rabbit in the headlights kind of thing Uh, and then just deliberately not doing anything about the, the mood or the or anything like that, just breathing out slowly and deeply, slowly, 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 and then holding 
the pause between the out-breath and the in-breath. Taking it a few seconds longer than, than it would have, than it, breathing in a few seconds after one would normally breathe in. So what it does is it radically governs the energy that that emotion is stirring up. And emotions will always generate an energy that affects your breathing. And you, you may not have seen this, but uh, just take it on trust and work, work, with the, work with what I'm suggesting and see if it works. So breathing out and stopping. And letting the breath come in slowly and holding it. Like you're kind of holding something slippery, not clenching it, but just holding it carefully, letting it then just doing that for like three or four minutes. And noticing in this particular instance how there was a sense of grounding in, uh, in a particular energy state. The energy state was still not sort of buoyant and bright, but the emotion disappeared. It became, okay, feeling quite sobered. Not ebullient, not cheerful, not bright, but not overwhelmed, just steadied in that lower state. Because things can are depressing sometimes, you know, loss, mistrust, you know, it's not something that makes you feel glad and cheerful. But how to find one's sense of gravity within that, so instead of feeling overwhelmed, we've, we're main t- we come back to the sacred within that, not apart from that. It's not like, get this ugly mood out of the way and then I could get back to my practice. my suggestion but within that steadying the energy within that and you find I found anyway that the emotion would start to kind of evaporate it's rather like that it's not suddenly click it's all finished but there's a there's a lower there's a lessening of the intensity just like the fog is lifting and it's still kind of quiet it's not cheerful but it's not the overwhelmed state. And whereas psychologically what we will, many of us, I assume, will tend to do is be feeling low, try and get to feel good, try and get to feel happy, try and get to feel cheerful. And it's like, no. <laughs> you know, you can't rip like that. You can't do that to your Expect your heart to leap. Yeah. But you can find the stable. The stable is not happy, but it's stable. It's steady, it's calming. And that's something you can do. So you can find that sense, and then there's a sense of not being violated by these uh, difficult contact impressions that arise, which they, which they will do. We will have past karma. We all live in a world where disagreeable contact impressions arise. How do we meet that? This is, this is a suggestion.
So the letting go really comes through actually meeting a difficulty but then meeting it and transferring its energy to to the stable, to, to the breath, to the, the place you feel grounded, your body or you know, returning to that. So that actually transmutes the energy. It's no longer being caught by the emotion, it's grounding itself in this stability of the of presence, which I generally find through through the body. And then letting go, you suddenly, wow, it's not gripping me anymore. Oh, it's not, not, then you start to feel a little bit more freer, oh yeah, a little bit lighter. And then you, your mood may then in fact kind of lift a little. So, you know, and then perhaps then you may be able to understand conceptually what's been going on. You know, but the first thing is you've got to work with the energy, find the place where you're not getting closed down or activated, and letting the mood lift so that it lets you go. And that really is more, more useful, though, perhaps conceptually less attractive than the moment of wonder of seeing the shining dew or whatever it is. Or the, you know, which is great, but, but how does that relate to the rest of my stuff? You know? To actually come through your, your difficulty to, to, the, to, the, to the place of, of safety and okayness is a, is a wonderful learning and transformative experience. Because from that place you begin to sense in retrospect, yeah, well, you know, things are difficult. There's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> you know, uh, or something that seemed difficult is just, well, yeah, but everybody has this. And it's just not, you, you know, you don't get the overwhelm. So the difference between dukkha or, or unsatisfactoriness or problematicness as being a characteristic of uh, the world or characteristic of your life, you might say, where it's just, well, things do break down. There is separation. There is death. There is pain. There is conflict. Yeah. There is this dukkha in the world. That's the characteristic. But being a noble truth, it means the difference is that the dukkha is not occurring in, in your heart anymore. So one kind of dukkha is not immediately allayed, but the other is. There's a difference between dukkha as a characteristic of existence and dukkha as a noble truth. And the sense of the noble truth of it is that this, this, this one can be quenched. So we're not overwhelmed by, by life and its changes. We're not overwhelmed by it, then we're less, perhaps less geared to trying to make it all, get it all to work. Doesn't mean completely indifferent, but you're less compulsive about when is, when is it, when I can I really get it all, you know, so there's no problems and, 
You know, no, that, that isn't where you're going to find the release from suffering. You're going to find it in this sacred inner place. So there's also a letting go of, uh, that occurs through that letting go of, of one's uh, hopes, you know. That things work out. You know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But you don't have that same sense of, oh, you know, how can I get it right? How can my body be healthy and balanced? How can my people around me be at peace with each other? You know, how can I? These things, you know, you think, well, I don't know, really. What I do know is how to stop suffering about it. And then certainly one's attitudes and actions in these areas be much more calm, assured, steady, equanimous, instead of frustrated and desperate. So it can have effects on the world around you, but you start with getting yourself, your own heart out of, the, out of the trap, first of all, and then you, from there there's a possibility of what can be released in the world around you. This is kind of way the Buddha understood it. So, Viveka is that sense of first being able to step back and know this and then relate to it. Viraga or dispassion is that emotional lifting when through through finding this uh, place where you can step back there is the, 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 the intensity of the emotional charge starts to loosen. So they use the analogy of the fog lifting, intensity of the emotional charge starts to loosen and quiet down. Viraga, dispassion, fading. And then niroda, cessation or coming to rest, stability. And relinquishment is the last step of the insight process, which means we, we really see that you know, that which is caught is not self. It's just activities and energies. And there's nobody to be released either. You know, so that kind of sense of the, the dualism of it all. Am I trapped or am I released? Neither of those are really valid. But there is a release when the sense of self isn't getting fired up and activated. Because as you, as you come into the, the, the stable, the stability, the sacred, you know, there's, who's that? It's not something you can own, but it's something you can enter. It's something you can surrender into. It's something you can release, release your selfhood into. It seems like, first of all, like something inside you, actually you recognize more clearly it's something that you're inside. It's like a vastness. We come through a keyhole. So it seems like just a little possibility in a breath, you come through that keyhole and then you come through it, wow, (laughs) into a vastness in which your thoughts seem like funny little noises happening in the room next door.
And that uh, that sense of relinquishment it takes time because there's something both exciting but also slightly frightening about you know that from one's one sense of self, one's self mechanisms get a feeling of oh, I don't know about you know being snuffed out or blown out. I might not be able to come back again. I might go loopy. <laughs> you know, sort of like. But this is why it is a graduated and measured process so that there's a sense of confidence and benevolence and carefully, and then you, you know, it tends to go as far as it, far as it can at this time. It's rather like uh, learning to have a, an animal, wild animal, trust you. You can't kind of rush around after a deer with waving a lettuce leaf. So here, boy, here, 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 here. <laughs> you can trust me, I'm a nice, here's a deer, here's a, here's a lettuce leaf, a deer, God, a creepy, runs away. <laughs> but if you stand there every day for a year, you know, putting a lettuce leaf 20 feet in front of you and stand back, then maybe after a few months a deer will come and take the leaf. And then maybe over a period of years, eventually it will come right to your hand. But you can't rush after it saying, you can trust me, I'm really all right. <laughs> so it's similar like that. You know, you come to this place, and you know, no, you can't actually, you know, it doesn't feel, you can't really enter here. But just wait there. And again, try to feel what you feel in your body and checking the energies of that the excitement or the, the energized the, and the, or giddy states or feeling a bit spacey, you know, breathing in, breathing out. So keeping wholeness with it. it it's, So there are different degrees that we can call, we can call colloquially letting go. The ability to see things in perspective is certainly part of it. You know, for a moment we actually step out of our topics and go, well, look at that, you know. Hmm. Well, that, we can call that letting go. Letting go can be seen as the place where it's no longer even an issue for you. It's just, oh, well, there it is, you know. The emotion is an emotional coolness. Letting go can be the place where, you know, you really find stopping and resting and then letting go, the completion of it is the, is the realization that all this stuff and the compounding is a, is a reflex and not a self. Not something you are, but something that happens. And though, you know, conceptually, you know, but it's difficult to really put it in words. But it, that's, that's the, how to put it, that's the best one can say. To have the experience is the main thing, and probably you know for for in you know, one's practice it may indeed take some things you know you see quite quickly. Oh, it's just that some things are a little more charge in them. It takes quite a few years to really get back, step back from that. When we look at uh, you know let, including it all. We try to, as you do that, you, you 
come through the surface details, the, some of the most primary patterns of defense, of security, of belonging, of owning, you know, of having these very fundamental reflexes that, that we experience in our sentiency. So maybe just, you know, things that are less like local topics and more like very primary patterns. So these are, you know, to get these in perspective is quite, quite something. To relinquish them, this is, this is, takes a long time. Relinquish bits of it. But uh, this, takes, this takes a long time. Or maybe it's not a long time. You know, maybe a lifetime isn't that long. So, you know, patience and equanimity and confidence in we're doing, we're doing the practice. You know, there's something beautiful about even wishing to do that, even inclining that way, even setting up the conditions, even, you know, doing that. This is, this is admirable, this is beautiful. There's a letting go of at least compounding the problems. So this is also the sense of gladness, gladness and contentment and self-appreciation is very much part of how letting go can happen. It's, uh, you know, so letting go requires a kind of filling up of calm and gladness and confidence and patience. And then these other things that want to shut you down or spin you out or write you off, they don't get in there. You can still feel them hovering, but they don't get in there. And just to experience this in one's life, is that you've done something really worthwhile. So, it's, um, it's a topic one could talk about for years probably needs to be revised continually. But that's my offering for this morning. Mm-hmm.